Let's talk about hearts. No, no, no. Let's talk about love. Love, 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 love. All you need is love. Who said that? I'm all out of... I'm so lost without you. Who's saying that? Air supply. What I've discovered as I prepared some of these songs, I've discovered that I'm stuck in the 80s. That's what I've discovered or earlier. <laughs> so our, our young folk probably won't know many of these songs. 80s is great. Can't buy me love. That's the power. The power of love, love me do. 60s, okay. I know uh, some of you are really excited that I dropped into the 60s. You can't hurry. <laughs> Bill Collins. Uh, I want to know what... Who was that? Who sang that? Foreigner, 80s. This crazy little thing called... Who sang that? Queen. It must be love, love. So I, I tell you what, there's a whole heap of songs written about love, in case you didn't know. Tell me some more contemporary ones. Love Yourself. Is that a song? It is a song. Justin Bieber sang it. That's pretty, that's pretty contemporary. That's all I got. It's probably, that takes away from what I'm trying to say. What are, what are the current songs in the, in the current pops that are... Uh, <laughs> the cur what are the current songs that, are, that talk about love? Someone tell me something. Can you feel... Okay, that, that, yes. Can you feel the love tonight? That, that is old, though. Just, just saying. Anyone else got something that's a bit more... So you've been, there isn't anything. That's the problem. That's why I'm stuck in the... Whitney Houston. What year was that? What year was that? 80s. 90s. Come on. Come on. So as you can see, 80s was the best year. Who agrees? 80s music. Even Ian Brown's hand is twitching. He wants to go up. Okay. <laughs> 70s. 60s. Yeah, I knew you guys would go for it. That one. So. Steve McDonald, what decade? Twenties. <laughs> All right, let's get serious here. One of the problems with love, 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 is um, there's so many different meanings to it. You know, you can love someone's Facebook post. You could, you could press the button and put the love heart there and says, I love what you've just said. You can love pizza. Anyone else with me on that one? Thank you, Jesus, for Italians. <laughs> you can love football. Any football lovers here? Blues or uh, maroons? Maddie, are you going to put it out there that you're a maroon? You're a Queenslander. Everyone, everyone, can you, someone just go and give her a hug and say sorry. <laughs> sorry for last week. You, uh, love is a feeling. Yeah, I love my kids. You love my kids. Different type of love. Mel took Phoebe out for a date yesterday. Um, I love my mum. Oh. And you love my mum. 
Nice, thank you. Right, the cards at the back. Um, I love Ali. And you love Ali. Very different type of love. <laughs> if I had a dog, I'd love my dog. If I've lent your dog, we've borrowed your dog, we have borrowed a few dogs lately, we love your dogs as well. Phoebe loves dogs. So love is so diverse. It can mean so many things. Even Justin Bieber said you can love yourself. And so what I've discovered is most of our songs, when we start all the Beatles songs or all the foreigners, all those type of songs, I don't think they're talking about love of pizza or sports or pets. The songs that, that flood the airwaves are songs of the heart, songs about our affections, the things that get our heart racing and our blood pumping. That's the, the songs that stir up those emotions. They're, they're, they're often songs of disappointments, songs of shattered emotions, or songs that are created from battered hearts. I think the whole country and western genre is inspired by that whole broken heart thing. Our world tends to define love on feelings and emotions. They walk down the, uh, the, the aisle to Whitney Houston singing, I will always love you. And they walk out of the divorce court singing, I'm all out of love. <laughs> In the middle, they're singing, love is a battlefield. <laughs> and, 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 so, and so we see love is, such, it, it, it's, it's all dependent on how people feel. It's, it, the love that we sing about, the love that we talk about is a conditional love. Many of the songs ask a question regarding the nature of love. And yet none of the songs we sing, I believe, provide a sufficient answer to what is love. They're great songs. I like them. But the answers to the question of love is not found in human emotion. The answer to foreigners' question, I want to know what love is, can only be found when we look at the author, the creator of love. A 1967 band, so that rules me out. Don't laugh, Steve. <laughs> Young Bloods, American band, they sang this. I Googled this, I was going to play it, but it's really bad, so I'm not going to do it. <laughs> oh, not that one. <laughs> I mustn't have put that. They said, come on, people, now smile on your brother. Everybody get together. Oh, my, my pages are mixed up. There you go. Paper. That's why I hate paper. <clears throat> Let's delete that last three minutes. Thank you. Who's singing it? Who's, who's that vocalist? That was you, Libby. Thank you. 1967, come on everybody, let's get together, try to love one another right now. And so, so I know it's the hippies movement, I know all this stuff's going on, they're doing drugs and all that type of stuff, but the world back then in the 60s at least is trying to think about what love is, not just love in a, you know, in a, in a purely platonic sense, but love at a, at a deeper level. And so it's all well and good to say, you know, we've got to look at the author of love to find out what love is. We can say God is love because that is what we as Christians do. We say, you know what? God is love. Well, what does that mean? And so the reality, it's a bit hard to define God until we can define love. And one of the problems we have in defining love is that it does have many different meanings. Uh, in fact, in the Bible, that the, the ancient language that was written in Greek, they had a number of words for love. Who can tell me the different Greek words for love? Eros. Eros. Phileo, agape, one more, storge, thank you. So there they are, storge. 
The word eros is very much the, where we get our word erotic. It's a erotic, it's a sensual, it's the romantic love that really gets the heartbeat going and the, you know, the, the, makes your heart beat like a drum, boom, boom, drum. What's that song? Mm-hmm. Like a drum, boom, boom, boom. Okay, all right. Then you've got the storge love, which is the, the natural love. It's, that's the type of love you'd have for your dog, okay? It's, it's based out of natural relationship. It's based out of a natural affinity. It's based out of your, your family. Is your, you've got your mum and you've, you've got a positional love that is created. Then we have filio, which is a relational love. It's one of the, the brotherhood, the sisterhood. We're, 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 in the, we're, we're, we're together on this. And so that's... That's three of the definitions of, of ancient Greek. The, the Greeks could choose any of those words for love. Uh, the one I want to look at particularly today is the word agape. It's the noblest form of love. It means unconditional love. It's, its desire is for the good of the one being loved. It has no self-interest. The agape love has, it keeps on loving when, even when the loved one is unresponsive when the loved one is unkind or unlovable or unworthy. That's what agape is. That's what it's trying to capture. That word talks about the noblest form of love. Now look at what the Bible says about love. In 1 John chapter 4, I'm going to put a lot of verses up here. So um, John says, now if you recall John, John was one of Jesus' disciples. And in fact, the Bible would, he would describe himself as the one that Jesus loved. So John had a very special relationship, very close relationship with Jesus. And it's no wonder that John writes a lot about love. And so John says, dear friends, let's continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God for God is love. Just make sure I've got the right one up there. In, this, in, these, in, the, in the verses, in the songs that, that we've been uh, uh, quoting, this is the answer to the definition of love. In these verses, we find it. We, we find a number of things. We find love comes from God. We discover that God is love. We discover if we love, then we are a child of God. And if we do not love, then we don't even know God. The word, the word for love there is not, definitely not eros, definitely not storge, definitely not uh, filio. It is agape love. And so this is an instruction toward us. John goes on to describe what this love looks like. John says, God so showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is, re- this is real love. Not that we loved God, but had he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. This is real love. I don't think the Beatles sang a song about this one. It's, not that, it's, not, it's, not, it's got very little to do with what comes from us. It starts with what comes to us, and that's God's love to us and the, the sacrifice that Jesus paid to take away our sins. Now, John would also write a very similar thing in one of the most famous verses we know. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. How amazing is that type of love? Think about it for a moment. God's love for you has nothing to do with your worth. Well, it's got everything to do with your worth. It doesn't matter what you think about yourself. 
God values you so much. He prizes you so much. He, he loves you so much. No matter what you think of yourself, no matter what, what people say about you, no matter what's been spoken over your life, God's love is far greater than anything that, that has happened or can happen to you. That's God's great love. Behold what manner of love it is. Behold what manner of love. Behold what manner of love the Father has. I've got my verses wrong. I'm stuck in Beatles land. I've got to go back to my scripture and songs to get these uh, songs out. God's love for us is amazing. It is astounding. It is unfathomable. It is undefinable but it is experienceable. Is that a word? Nope. Okay. It is. It's experienceable. That's a new word. Put that in your Google. John says something, though, which, is going to, which I'm trying to head to. I'm not, this, this message is talking about love, but I, I don't want to get stuck on love. I want to go to this bit. John said this. He said, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. Hang on, this is, this is the bit where it gets a bit tricky. Because, you know, it's really easy for me to say, thank you, God, for your love. I know I'm a mess. I know I've messed up, all that type of stuff. But thank you that you love me and you, you've done all this for me. But, but when John says, let us continue to love one another, surely he means let us be, have a filial love to one another, like a brother or a, or a friend. Now, that's not the love. John is saying we need to keep, let us continue to agape love to one another. Let's, let's show each other unconditional love. And, and you might be thinking, well, I can't do that because some people really annoy me or some people have really hurt me or some people are really disappointed. I can't show them love. Maybe you think, well, John, John must be wrong. John must have got his words for love. I can maybe be nice to someone. I can maybe yeah, call someone a friend, but I'm not going to love them as much as God loves me. Can't do it. So maybe, maybe John got it wrong. Well, the problem is John said it exactly six times, and he used exactly the same word. John said, in fact, out of, um, six times John would say to you and me, he would say to the disciples, the believers, the followers of Jesus, the church today, he would say, love one another, unconditionally, un unequivocally. Thank you. Six times. You might be thinking, well, you know, Mark, when John wrote his letters, he was 90 years old. So he could, have, he, you know, he, he could be a little bit, you know, a little bit could, troubled remembering stuff. <laughs> you know what that's like, Dan? <laughs> the problem was, if it wasn't just John that said it, Jesus said it explicitly three times. Jesus said, dear friends, and he said, so now I'm giving you a new commandment, love each other, agape each other, just as I have loved you. You should love each other, for your love for one another will prove to the world that you were my disciples. So it wasn't just John who said it, I mean, Jesus said it. Now he, I don't know, I don't want to question what he says. It's in red, okay? So it's pretty important. But Jesus would say again in John 15, 12, this is my commandment, love each other in the same way I have loved you. In John 15, 17, this is my optional suggestion. 
This is my command. He says, what? Love each other. John said it six times. Jesus said it three times directly. Paul said it twice. Paul says in Romans 13, he says, Owe nothing to anyone except your obligation to what? To love one another. It's an obligation. If you love your neighbor, you fulfill the requirements of God's law. In 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 9, Paul says, But we don't need to write to you about the importance of loving each other, for God himself has taught you to love one another. Can you see this? There's a trend going on. Scripture, to me as I read it, is pretty clear about this crazy little thing called love. John said it six times. Jesus said it three times. Paul said it two times. Even Peter said it once. Peter said, you were once, you were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show this sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your heart. All those words for love are all agape. It's all unconditional love. And you might be thinking, Mark, I can't do it. The reality is in yourself you can't. And we'll get to that in the end. So there's a trend going on here. Jesus says it. John says it. Peter says it. Paul says it. In fact, if you read the rest of the scriptures, all the other authors say it, but not as direct as those ones. Even the young bloods said it in the song. Come on, people now, smile on your brother. Everyone and smile, smile on your brother. Turn around. Oh, your sister. Everybody get together. Try to love one another right now. I'm not too sure what they were smoking at the time. But their, their heart was in the right place. They, they, they were trying to get this, this thing called love to, to bring people together. James, Jesus, Peter, John, all instruct us to love each other. And so we've sort of looked at, from a big picture, we've looked at this thing called love. But what I want to look at now as we, as we come toward the next half of this message is what about the object of our love? What about the one another's? What we discover is that love requires action. For God so loved the world that he gave. Love requires action. And so the, the phrases each other or the phrases one another speak about relationships. They're not, they're not talking about our relationship with God or our relationship with ourself. You know, your another is not another you. It's on, you know, split personalities aside, it's not a, it's not a different person. It's, you, you can't apply one another to someone that's you or to God. They don't speak to even the one another's that we read in Scripture. is not about your relationship to the church. You know, we need to love the church. No, no, the one another's are very specific. They are addressing personal relationships within, directly within a community of believers. Now, we call the community of believers today, we call that the church. And so, uh, or, or fellow Christians, yeah, including different churches. So, but the, the word for love that we're going to talk about now, or the one another's, is specifically talking about our love for one another. We're talking about specifically other believers. Now, in, uh, we talked about the Greek word for love was agape. Now, the, the Greek word for one another is actually only one word. And that word is alelon. That's, 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 there you go. 
It's, that's the word. And in fact, that word, have a guess how many times that word is used in the New Testament. We're talking about one another. Have a guess. No. Thank you for guessing, though. <laughs> let's, let's, let, I'll, actually, I'll just tell the answer because I've got the sermon to finish shorter. So lower that. It's around about 100 times. 100 times in the New Testament alone, in, in 94 verses, we come across this word, alelon. And that is referring directly toward how I relate to you, you relate to me, how you relate to the fellow Christians. So, that's right. 47 uh, to believers. Paul wrote 60% of them. And four of them about what? Woohoo! <laughs> and we're going to finish the sermon and we're all going to just kiss and go home. If you're visiting, you're thinking, what the heck have I done? We're not going to do that at all. But just wanted you to know that's what it's about. Okay. So out of those 47 one another's, there's a range depending on translations. Let's, let's, oh, don't come to me and say, Mark, there's 48. I'll just, I'll just slap you, okay? And then, then I'll ask for your forgiveness. So, <laughs> I'll, Better are the wounds from a friend than the kisses of the enemy. That's what I say. So... I want you to pick up my heart here, okay, because I, I probably missed a couple. Okay. Um, out of all these instructions to believers, a third of them are about love, lo about yeah, loving one another. A, a third of them are about unity, and a third of them are about humility and, and interpersonal relationships. Here we go. I'm going to go fast through this, okay? This is the loved ones. Twelve times it says, love one another. Galatians 5.13 tells us that through love to serve one another. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 2 tells us to tolerate one another. There you go, family members. Tolerate one another. Six verses. Greet one another. No, four verses. Greet one another with a kiss. 1 Peter, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. They all say to greet one another with a kiss. Be devoted to one another in love. Romans 12.10. So they're the, the 12 that talk specifically about loving one another. Then we come to this bunch. This is more about unity. Uh, Mark chapter 9, 15 says, Be at peace with one another. John 6, 43 tells us not to grumble among one another. Romans 12, 17 and 15, 5 tells us to be of the same mind with one another. Romans 15, 7 tells us to accept one another. 1 Corinthians eleven thirty three tells us to wait for one another. Galatians 5.15 says, don't bite, devour, and consume one another. Literally, don't do it. <laughs> Figuratively, don't do it. Don't boastfully challenge or envy one another. Ephesians tells us to gently, patiently tolerate one another. Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind, tenderhearted, and forgiving to one another. Colossians chapter 3, verse 13 tells us to bear and forgive one another. Uh, Philippians 2, verse 3 tells us to regard one another as more important than ourselves. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5.21 tells us to be subject to one another. Romans 14, verse 13 says to speak, oh, don't judge one another. Ephesians 4.25 tells us to speak the truth to one another. Colossians 3.9 says don't lie to one another. Next one. 
Galatians 5.13 tells us to serve one another. Galatians 6 verse 2 tells us to bear one another's burdens. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says to encourage and build up one another. James 1 verse 6 tells us to pray for one another. 1 Peter 4.9 tells us to be hospitable to one another. Hebrews can't do it. Hebrews 10.24 says to stir one another to love and good deeds. 200, that's right, Andrew. You're spot on. <laughs> it felt like 200, that's what you're saying. Hey, that's a lot of one another. Who agrees that's a lot of one another's? That's a heap of one another's uh, that, that, that is going on in those verses. And all of them are the same Al-Anon word, which is particularly directed to believers, specifically directed to those who are in the family of faith. And do you know how many of those 200 uh, are the responsibility of just the pastors and leaders? How many of them? None of them. Yet all of them are the responsibility of pastors and leaders. All those, ex- all those one another's are oral expressions of how we, how we receive the agape love of God and how we manifest the agape love of God. They're examples of how it can look and how it should look within the Christian community. You know, I've, I've been in churches where it's the job of the pastors or the elders or the leaders to do all this caring and loving stuff. After all, that's why we stick our money in the bag anyway. That's, and so I've been in churches like that. And the pro- even pro- one of the problems with the word that we can often use with these one another's, is the word pastoral care, even that's got a problem because you say, well, this is our pastoral care thing, and all of a sudden you think, well, that's just for the pastors. That's wrong. And in fact, caring and loving is for everyone. Caring and loving is for everyone. Look, we've got a role to play. Pastors and leaders do have a, a role to play. And one of the many things I love about our church, and oh, oh, there's so many things, but one of them I love about our church is how many people here have taken the responsibility to loving and caring for one another to heart. I am blown away. Even as I look across this auditorium, I see people that I know that are living out this type of love to one another. Sure, I said the pastors and and leaders and elders have a role to play within the pastoral care of our church, but the reality is that loving and caring for one another mustn't be led, shouldn't be led scripturally to them to do. Uh, Right now I'm going to ask um, two people to stand up. Dave, Dave and Joan Madison, can you guys stand up? Just turn around. If you, haven't, if you don't know who they are, turn around, give them a wave, blow them a kiss. If you're sitting next to them, you can greet them with a holy kiss. <laughs> so, 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 so these guys, they, they, just so you know, I mean, we've got some, some newer people to our church. Just so you know, these guys give two days of their time to travel in from out the back of Burke to, well, Maitland, Maitland anyway, uh, to, that, to, to, to serve our church in, in assisting with pastoral care. And so, so they work along with our, our eldership team and along with our connect groups and, and our, our pastoral care team. They, they, they lead it, they, they head it up and we value them and we love them. So let's give them a shout of thanks. They are, but, but you know what? The, the caring and loving for the church doesn't hang on them. It hangs on all of us. And uh, just quickly, I did mention that we needed an extra soup next week. Did anyone, can anyone cook another soup? You've already texted her, okay. 
Belinda, you could put your name down for another week if you like. That'd be great. Thank you. So, uh, so we are looking for soup, but these guys, they, they, they manage the, uh, our, a lot of the catering stuff. That we have our church community events. They're doing food parcels for, um, for those who have need with food. Uh, they're involved in the, whole, uh, the breakfast club down at Cahaiba School. These guys are just everywhere. Their hearts beat with God's heart for, for people. And, uh, and we love them. In fact, you know, if, if you're here this morning, we're talking about a little bit about pastoral care. Yes, we have a responsibility to one another. We've all got those responsibilities. As, as leaders, as a church, we've got a responsibility to help train and develop uh, systems in our church that can make sure that with all our one another's that people don't fall through the cracks and the gaps. And so uh, Dave and Joan have got a meeting today after the service at what time? 11.30ish out in M3, which is out that way. If, 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 you'd, if you're interested in being part of, a, uh, part of our team in, in, in caring for people and helping out, whether it's cooking a meal or mowing a lawn or visiting someone in hospital or just having a cup of coffee with someone and praying with someone or loving on someone, you know, I'd encourage you, you'd be welcome to join. The meeting should go for about half an hour-ish. Um, and so go and, go and see them. They'd love to have you with them. Um, but the bottom line is we all have a part to play. Every single one of us has a part to play. Uh, it's not about how much free time you have. It's not whether you are a people person or not. It's not whether you've got a degree from Bible college or you hold a social worker's certificate. We all have a part to play. John would say, well, Jesus said this. Jesus said, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. And your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. You know, that's really hard sometimes. Because some people are really hard. I'm just being real here. You know, some people are difficult. Some people are prickly. Some people are complicated. Some people are demanding. Some people have done things, said things that to you that are hurtful, harmful. Some people you think aren't worthy of my time. Some people aren't, uh, you know, and I get it. And I, and I know in life we, we face all sort of complications. What Jesus is talking here is in a church community. And, and I want to challenge you, maybe if you're here in our church, if you've got things in your heart that are against others, you know, I'm not going to go into it now, but we've got, you've got a responsibility for to, to love that. Jesus would tell us if we've got a, an issue with someone against us that we need to lay our gift at the altar and go and reconcile with that person. But what Jesus is, is saying here is that, you know what, our love for one another proves to the world that we're his disciples. It's a hard thing to do. And, and I'm, I'm a long way, long way from, from agape love. I'm, I'm a long way from unconditional love. I'm a long way from, from valuing others so much higher than myself. I'm on a journey. And, and, my, and my goal and my heart and my, 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 my destination is to, 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 to do this and to be this. But I can't do it by myself. That's why I've got... God's Holy Spirit in me. I've got the Holy Spirit in me. I've got God in me. I've got love in me. 
And the, and the way that I can love others that, that maybe are harder to love or, or when people have hurt me or disappointed me, the way I can love them is an overflow of God's love in me. I can open my up and God, I'm struggling with, with loving or accepting or forgiving this person. Reveal your love to me. Show me your love. Show me your grace. Show me how much you love me. And out of that, give me the, the ability through your spirit to love others. 1 John, and this is my last verse, and I'll get their worship team up. Thanks, Ben. John says this. We love each other because he first loves us. That, that's where it starts at. We can love each other because he first loved you. John gets pretty, pretty strong here. John says, if someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. The word hate, you can probably, most of us would read that and go, oh, no, I don't hate anyone, and we sort of exclude ourselves from that. But you could change the word hates to, you know, but, but doesn't get along with or, or has an issue with or is, isn't willing to resolve things with. That person is a liar because if we don't love people who we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And verse 21, the message translation is pretty good. It says, the command we have from Christ is blunt. Loving God includes loving people. You've got to love both. You know, as I said before, that's one of the things I love about this church. And, and we haven't got it all together. But I tell you what, we are so grateful for, I'm so grateful, our eldership is so grateful for those that are, that are part of a, uh, a body of believers that understand the responsibilities and joy and privilege we have to love one another. And uh, it's, it's loving God includes loving people. We've got to do both. And so as we, as we wrap up this morning, I want to challenge you, how's your heart? The train's coming soon. <laughs> so you better sort it out quickly. On a scale of 1 to 10, where would you position yourself? If, if, if agape love, the, the fullest expression of, of self-sacrificial, unconditional love that, that God showed by sending Jesus, that Jesus showed by dying on the cross, if, that's a, if this over here, if this is a number 10, and you say, Mark, I am, this is where I'm at, I have got this type of love, if that's you, come and pray for me, okay? Because <laughs> I haven't. At this end, right next to Jeremy. <laughs> At this end of the of a scale would be a love that I just don't give a rip. You know, the, the reality is, I don't think any of us would be here because we can't love God. The, the natural outworking of us loving God actually takes us away from that. It's, it's not that we love God, He loves us. And as soon as we experience His love, we all of a sudden come out from this negative position of hatred and enmity with God, and we come into family. And, and immediately there, at this point, you've already got a love for God and, and, and some understanding of your love, of an unconditional love. But you might just, you know, you, you might just be here thinking, well, I love God and I'm still working at liking people. I can't fix that. But the Holy Spirit can, because the Holy Spirit makes you like Jesus. The Holy Spirit works in you to make you like Jesus and he is the one that manifests his love in you. And, and as you come before him and acknowledge that, you know what, I'm not there yet and ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill me and flood me with your light and your love, slowly we become a little bit more like Jesus and slowly we, we come on this journey and we're never going to get there on this side of heaven. 
But I'll tell you what, our, our, we're, we're, our, we could be facing this way. Or we could be facing this way. Only you know. What direction? Where is your heart looking? Where is your, your destination in love? We've all got to love one another. Come on, everybody. Let's get together. Love one another right now. Not right now. Let's, let's talk about tomorrow or Tuesday. Audrey's. Don't forget Tuesday. We've got Audrey's funeral, Alpha dinner, Wednesday, night off, small groups. Small groups, take a night off. Come to um, Christmas in July on Friday. I'm getting distracted because I'm so excited about this week because I just know that if we can fill this place with people that can experience us, maybe they can experience God in us. Maybe, maybe if they can come into encounter with, with this body of, of disciples that, that, that understand that our destination, our goal is to love one another as Jesus loved us. Maybe if we can do that, that, that they will know that we are his disciples because of our love for one another. That's why we do church. That's why we have events. That's why we, we, we're running this, this, this Christmas in July or our Alpha. Or, we want people to experience God in us. And that's good. So where are you? Whereabouts are you? All right, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I reckon all of us, wherever you are, just need to look that way and say, God, I want to go that way. Help me to love more. Help me to forgive more. Help me to manifest your love in me. Show me your love in me in a greater way. As we do that, he works on the inside. And, and all of a sudden we'll find that agape love becomes more and more part of who we are because Jesus is becoming more and more, or we're becoming more and more like him. And so why don't we stand, please? And I'm going to pray. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for your love. Lord, we don't deserve it. We haven't earned it. And yet love, you, came, yet love, you are love. You, you sent love. You sent Jesus to come and make a way for us to experience your love, to know you, to know your unconditional love for us. And Lord, we're so grateful. And maybe you're here this morning and maybe you've never experienced that unconditional love of God. Maybe you've always thought that God uh, will only love you if you do the right thing, say the right thing, give, the, give money, turn up on time, you know, read the Bible and, and, and pray five times a day. Maybe, maybe you've never experienced a love that is unconditional, that God says, I love you. No matter what you do, I love you. My face is towards you. And, and if you come toward, if you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. Maybe you've never experienced the unconditional love and acceptance of God. If that's you, I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to introduce you to a God who loves you as you are and loves you so much that He'll work with you to transform you into the person He's called you to be. So if you're here this morning and you've never experienced, you've never given your life over to Him, just give me a little wave and I'll find you afterwards and we'll pray and we'll chat. Anyone here this morning? So Lord, I just pray that You'll help us. Each one of us, Lord, to, to live lives of love to one another. I pray that when we, I just know that when we make these declarations, Lord, that opportunities will come 
challenges will come. And I pray that we would be listening to and be led by your Spirit that will help us to show your love in a beautiful, true way. Lord, we can't do this on our own. And so, Lord, I pray that each one of us would experience your love in a greater measure. And out of that overflow, that we would just connect people to you. And that we would find ourselves lost in your love. There's another song, Lost in Love. Air Supply. And so, Lord, I just pray that you'll help us to be lost in your love. Help us to be showing people who you are. And when they want to know what love is, you can say, look at me. And we'll look at Jesus together. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.